Welcome to Between the Lines. I'm Sarah M. Eden here with Esther Hatch, Sean Ann Bessie, and Tracy Hunter Abramson. Um, before becoming a writer, I had never heard of imposter syndrome, and now I live it every day of my life. <laughs> and so that is what we're talking about in this episode, the dreaded imposter syndrome. Um, for those of you who may not know what this is, I'm going to do my best to explain it. Um, it's that feeling of being like a fraud, that feeling like you're just faking it all the time, that at some point readers or your fellow authors are going to figure out that you're not actually any good at this, that you're making it up, that any little bit of success you've had must have been a fluke because you're actually a total imposter in your own industry. But you're also, to a degree at least, convinced everyone else does have it figured out and you're the only one who is pretending that you're any good at this. Is that a pretty good way to sum yeah. it up? I yeah. mean, mm -hmm. it's it's depressing, but it's a pretty good summary. And it's all-encompassing like that. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to know from you ladies, um, is this something you also experience? I definitely do, but I'd like to know if I'm alone in this. Um, you are not alone. <laughs> I feel this all the time, and I distinctly remember the first time it really became crippling. <laughs> and, and that was when I got my first really, and I mean really bad review on my very first book. Um, for a few days, I was quite certain that my career was over. I was pretty sure they would never, my publishing company would never publish another book of mine, that everyone would see these mistakes I made and expose me as a novice and someone who just should not be writing books. I'm pretty sure it said something about that I should not be writing books. <laughs> so, but it actually turned out in the long run to be a very positive experience for me. Um, my second book was accepted for publication. Life went on and I realized that really the only person that can declare that I'm no longer an author at this point is me. And that was really actually a helpful experience. It was hard to go through at the time, but like I remember coming to that realization that like if I stop writing, that's on me, not on some reviewer that says I shouldn't be. <laughs> I love that. And I think this is something everyone experiences and it's not just in the entertainment industry. Like the minute we start comparing ourselves to others, it really can just completely change our own self-esteem and how we feel about who we are, what we do, and how good we are at what we do. And it becomes easy to forget that we're all so unique and that we don't need to be anyone but ourselves. Yeah, that's true. I'd love to think that one day I won't feel this imposter syndrome, but I'm pretty confident that I always will. <laughs> <laughs> as much as you tell yourself not to compare yourself with others, you kind of do it anyway. Yeah, it almost sometimes feels, I don't want to say impossible to avoid, but really hard to avoid. Um, one of the t one of the many times that this has you know hit me really hard, then a few years ago I got a review where someone said they had read one of my books because they had heard that they were like Jane Austen, and the reviewer said, <laughs> oh, dear. "I guess it was like Jane Austen if Jane Austen was an idiot." <laughs> Oh, no. I could laugh about it now. How many tears were shed? In fact, at the time, I, yes, of course, it was devastating. Now I look back and I go, but I got compared to Jane Austen. So. There you go. <laughs> but at the time, it felt so real. It was like it was confirming my own worst fears about what I was trying to be. Not trying to be Jane Austen, but trying to write good books. 
and that people were seeing through it. They were realizing I didn't actually know what I was doing. Um, and I assumed I was the only person who had felt this way because we don't talk about it a lot in the author community, but I think it's actually pretty common. Why do you think it is so common for writers specifically to deal with this feeling of, of being an imposter, of, of not being as good as you want people to think you are, or of, you know, secretly hiding your fraudulent self? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's partly because when we create a piece of writing, when we write a book or a short story or whatever it is, we put a little piece of ourselves into it and we put it out there literally for people to criticize <laughs> and it's a very vulnerable place to be and so it's just too easy to think that our work isn't good enough or we're not good enough to keep up with others that we that we see because there are a lot of people who are writing really good books and i think it does go back to the comparisons somebody else hits the bestseller list and you don't somebody else you know, wins an award, but you didn't. Um, somebody else has a stronger social media following, and you wonder why yours isn't as strong. So all of those types of things, you can see quantitative items that we can compare, but then it doesn't mean that your book isn't still exceptional. Maybe it just didn't qualify for that award, or maybe that other person really is a phenomenal writer, but it doesn't mean that you aren't also. It's so subjective. Yeah. So I feel like for me... I'm still surprised that I'm an author, maybe. <laughs> I, so, like, it almost makes sense to me that I have these feelings. Like, I grew up with a very, I want to say, unhealthy relationship with books. But is that even a thing? I don't know. But I read, <laughs> like, an obsession, obsession with reading and books. And it was a huge part of making me who I am and who I was as a child and, and as an adult. And I just feel like books are such amazing things. I think they shape people. They become part of who we are and it's a really big deal actually to write one good job guys like I think it's <laughs> pretty amazing and so I think I feel a little bit like of course I'm going to feel like an imposter um like I'm a book reader not a book writer and book writers are book writers and they're amazing people that do these amazing things and apparently I'm still dealing with imposter syndrome because I'm saying it right now but um, and you are an author I am an author and I've gotten to know so many authors and actually I think getting to know some of my favorite authors and having them transform from authors into peers and friends and co-workers has actually really helped with that with me where I can be like okay I am actually part of this magical world of books <laughs> and you're saying as you got to know us you realized wow untalented people really <laughs> do write books. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe I fit in okay after all. <laughs> That's right. I set my expectations way too high. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard um, Ira Glass uh, did uh, an interview where he talked about writing, and that's something that stuck with me a lot over the years. He said, one of the reasons we get into writing is because we like to read and we develop this good taste. We understand good books when we read them. And so when you're writing a book, you see it in all of its crummiest stages. You see that creation and you recognize that it's not up to the par that you want it to be. And so it's easy to kind of fixate on that without realizing that as a reader, you see the end product. As a writer, you see the whole process and it's hard sometimes mm -hmm. to separate it. So that's something I keep telling myself. It's just the process. It's just the process. Yeah. Um, we talked about how Tracy especially mentioned this, that um, 
a lot of times when that kind of rears its head is when some, you know, you don't get an award that you wanted or you don't hit a list you hoped you would or you get a bad review. But I have found that even when the good things do happen, it, it still doesn't always take away that little like niggling doubt that we have, that little bit of imposter syndrome that kind of lives in the back of your brain. Um, and since this is something I know I struggle with, I would love to hear from you guys. What do you do when you're kind of feeling the weight of that? How do you help get through it? How do you help get yourself get past it? I think one of the things that I do is I just try to focus on why I started writing in the first place. And it wasn't to win awards or accolades because, quite honestly, I didn't think I ever would. <laughs> so that kind of does go back to it. But it was to share something of myself with my family. Um, and I guess I still feel that if I'm able to create something that brings enjoyment and uplift to others, then I'm doing what I set out to do. It, the other things are like icing on the cake, but that's not the reason that I'm writing. And I think that talking to friends who really get it can help tremendously. And one of the things that can be difficult is sometimes, you know, there can be that jealousy that rears its ugly head of like, oh, you got an award or you hit a list. And then, you know, some authors will, will have that, like, did somebody, now they're mad because you did that, you know, or whatever. So that can be a challenge, but there are other people who are feeling the same way. And we have to just recognize that we're all in the same boat, that we all are wanting to be our best and trying to get back to the joy of where we're coming from. But the other thing is I have, early in my career, I had a rewrite request for, it was actually Royal Target, and it took me forever to rewrite it. And I remember getting, I had the evaluations, and the first ones were, well, it could put me in a imposter syndrome mode. And <laughs> yes. then I had the other one, they're like, I didn't even think this was the same book. And so I'll pull those out and be like, okay, I've been in this spot, and I know I can get from this to I can get from where it wasn't good enough to where it is. And so you st I think with every project, you start learning more and more that we can trust ourselves, that we can get there. But again, the friends who have been there and understand it can really help boost us up as be like, hey, I understand. I've been there. And now let me give you that leg up. And I know you're going to do that for me later. Yeah. And I think even like us talking about it now and having a name for this feeling that we feel, like I don't think I had heard of it before I became an author, but um, talking about it, like you said, with other authors and knowing that this is a thing is helpful. And I think I understand that it's a thing and I have this thing and I just kind of have to deal with it. Um, I'm not sure it will ever go away, but I still <laughs> want to be an author. I still want to do this. I still want to write books and there's still enough positive for me that I just keep throwing my hat in the ring despite it. And I always also remind myself that I am not writing a book for everyone. I'm writing a book for the readers who like what I personally write. And I think that is always helpful for me too. Like it's easier to look at those people that didn't love my books and just go, they are not my audience then. And that is okay because I'm looking for my audience, which is someone different. And, um, and that has helped me. That's awesome. One of the things I found that's helpful for me is to give myself some space away from those aspects of writing that tend to feed the imposter syndrome. And so much of that is knowing anyone is reading anything I've written. <laughs> like sometimes that alone is enough. So I'll take a step back and write something that no one's going to see but me. Just something I can have fun with. There's no pressure. It doesn't matter 
if it's good or bad or wins awards or stands up to, you know, scrutiny because it's just for me. I think it's kind of like Sean was saying, it helps me go back to why I started writing to begin with. And it gives me permission to not have to be something more than what I am in that moment. And, and that can be helpful. So we know we experience this as, as writers. I, I know it's something I've heard from people outside of our industry who also sometimes have those doubts in themselves and aren't sure um, you know, how to move through them. But how, what advice do you have for people, maybe especially people who are writers, who are experiencing imposter syndrome, who are having these same feelings? What, what advice, what encouragement do you have for them? Well, first of all, I just want to say, Sarah, you should not tell people that you have things <laughs> that no one will ever read. There are quite a lot. <laughs> people will want to read them. But um, moving on from that, I will just say that um, I think it is extremely helpful to just know that it's it's something that everyone feels. Um, Sarah M. Eden has sat here today talking about her <laughs> imposter syndrome. And I just feel like if it happens to her, it probably does happen to everyone. Um, for new authors, I did one weird thing when I first got some negative reviews and didn't know that you just had to let those slide off your back. <laughs> I think the longer you're in the industry, the more you just try to not focus on those at all. But I was focusing on them a little bit and just discouraged about these negative reviews that I'd gotten. And I don't, I've heard this advice since, but I thought of it on my own at the time. But I picked some of my favorite books, books like To Kill a Mockingbird, Pride and Prejudice. I opened them up. I mean, a lot of the world thinks these are masterpieces, right? I opened up these books and I, you can sort by rating and I clicked on some of their one-star reviews. And, and so I would almost never tell someone to make yourself feel better, go read something bad about someone else. <laughs> but like, because I have such high esteem for these works, to see that they didn't please everyone was still a really helpful thing for me to say, like, look, this is what writing is. Some people don't like what you write. Some people don't like what other people write. And nobody has all five-star reviews. Art is subjective, and you can't really fail at something that's so subjective. I like that. Yeah, that's really true. And I don't think that we would be human if we didn't feel this imposter syndrome to some degree. But like Esther said, I think it really helps to know that we're not alone in those feelings and that it is possible to push past them. And by pushing past them, that's how we're able to create something else, something else that may even be better than something we've done before. Right. And I think one thing that's helped me is to recognize that sometimes these struggles go beyond just discouragement. Sometimes they, they weigh you down and... Um, give you enough difficulty that it's worth seeking out help to, to deal with them. Um, I think, to, unfortunately, as a society, we tend to look down on the idea of therapy or on the idea of counseling. But sometimes these struggles that we have get to the point where that is worth doing. So you know, talk with your friends about it. Talk with people who understand it. But if it's proving to be more than can be addressed that way, don't be ashamed or embarrassed or hesitant to go and seek out help because it's amazing how much help you can get from someone who knows how our brains work and how to, to help us get past that. Well, and especially after all of this time of COVID, you know, absolutely. We do, a, a lot of times that's kind of thrown some people off balance, but and it really does come down to trying to remember that we all do have these gifts and that we're all different in how we're using them. 
And avoiding comparisons is a great way to keep our sanity, but it is human nature. And we have to give ourselves time to sometimes be like, okay, I'm going to be me and I'm going to know which tr- friends are struggling and maybe, um, you know, some you're, you're, you're going to help up and others you're going to say, I need a lift. And, you know, and, and it's going to change and just recognizing, you know, who those friends are that can help you in that day. So That's fantastic. Well, I appreciate that you guys were willing to talk on this this topic. I know it's something, you know, we struggle with, but it's something I especially <laughs> struggle with. So I appreciate the encouragement. And like Tracy said, it's great having friends like you guys who who get it and are willing to talk it through. And um, to everyone out there listening, I hope uh, you have that as well. And know that we are cheering for you in whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, thanks for joining us and join us next time on Between the Lines. <laughs>